Beginning the track, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. Welcome to Beginning the Trek. We are on episode 11, Mirror Mirror, of our 52-episode journey, uh, where I get introduced to Star Trek, as I've never seen it before, except now I've seen like 11 episodes. And Andy is my guide, and he's seen Trek so much since the beginning, since it was out. And I am Andy Goldberg, and uh, I am selecting 52 episodes across all six television series for Jessica to watch, and we are discussing them one by one. So we are beginning her track, and welcome aboard. So this one is Mirror Mirror, and before I give the synopsis, are there any spoilers? That you can think of. Well, the biggest spoiler is uh, that we've already watched 11 episodes um, coming into this. So if you haven't started your trek with us, head back to episode one and begin at the beginning. So you can follow along with Jessica and I as we ex- explore Star Trek. Awesome. And if you haven't seen Mirror Mirror, it is well worth watching obviously, or re-watching if you have seen it. Uh, there's a reason so many people consider it the best of the original series. Is, is that a little bit of a preview as to how you feel about things? I think we're just going to have to wait the whole two minutes after I give my synopsis so we can get the review. Yes, I'm going to shock everyone. <laughs> it's not going to be shocking. Okay, well, the, we should get to your synopsis. Okay. But before we do, let me remind everyone that we are about to spoil everything that is in Mirror Mirror. So... This is your last chance. If you haven't seen the episode, go back, watch it, and then join us right here for um, for the show. All right, Jessica, you ready for your synopsis? I am. This is a big one. There was a lot. Go for it. Okay. When Kirk, Ahura, Scotty, and McCoy beam away from a failed mission for dilithium crystals in the middle of an ion storm, they find themselves in much more flattering golden uniforms approached by a goateed Spock giving a Nazi-slash-Roman salute. Kirk immediately recognizes that this is another universe of some sort, because science, and quickly tries to cover the fact that they don't know where they are or what they're doing in this switcheroo land, a.k.a. Mirror Universe, a.k.a. The Moo. The team decides to use the computer machine to find information on themselves in this universe and recalibrating the transporter to get home or they will be trapped forever. Things are violent in the Moo as Captain Kirk learns that he's expected to kill for the crystals and assassination is par for the course when Chekhov is more than willing to kill him to advance his position. To pass the time while McCoy helps Scotty in engineering, Kirk goes to his quarters and discovers that he has a captain's lady, Moreau, who knows his other him's secrets, mostly referring to a device that will magically disappear people and how the other him has used it in the past. Luckily, Spock is still Spock, even with an evil goatee, so when he is given orders from the Moo's evil empire to kill Kirk, he gives Kirk fair warning. In the meantime, Uhura uses her wiles and her knife to both lure and threaten a charmingly decisive but evil and rapey Sulu. They're all ready to go, but then there's a couple fights, and McCoy stays behind to take care of Spock, and Spock in turn mind-melds with McCoy to learn why everyone is behaving oddly. Once he figures it out, he actually ends up helping Kirk get away from Moreau, and getting the crew back to their own universe. Before they can, though, Kirk takes the moment to logic with Spock about having an empire that rules with deceit and conquest and what he personally can do about it. <sighs> that was a lot. <laughs> so, so there was so much. Like, and, and this episode is huge, too. It was like those sentences, I kept wondering if you were going to ever take a breath. Right. Because it was just like massive, massive, and and you you took two awesome fights and and, and whittled them down to six words. I did. 
And then there was fights. <laughs> it was hard enough getting the mind meld in there. I was going to skip that part and do more of the fight. And I was like, no, the mind meld is important because evil Spock. Yeah. So, but we'll talk about all that when we get to talk an episode, which if I remember correctly, this was a fantastic conversation. So why don't we get there? Let's do. This is going to be a good one. I can tell. This is going to be a good episode. It's a great. I this am is, excited. I just watched it again like two hours ago. And because, and I've watched it like more than I've watched most of the other episodes because I have fun with this one. It's, it's, it's excellent. And I'm going to go ahead. What, we're talking episode. I'm going to go ahead and let's, give my rating. Let's talk episode. Yeah, let's talk episode right now. Five out of five evil Spock goatees. There you go. Five out of five Spock goatees. Obviously. Perfect storm of good acting, excellent writing, and because I'm comparing it to uh, late 2000 teens, decent production. Okay. <laughs> like just, just overall, beautiful. And the writing, that is what carries everything this is a great story classic sci-fi classic sci-fi you'll notice that i like those <laughs> I, I do notice that and, and that's why i'm so hopeful for for where we're going with all of this stuff um i love five you know me i gotta do the happy dance if i'm if we're gonna get a five out of five i gotta do the happy dance so so um what was it that first captured you what what did you like um i don't even know how what to ask yet just Talk. <laughs> this this is this was a great one, but it was a slow building, and I forgot some of my tweet. Like I would normally be like, okay, I'm thinking about this. I'm I'm expecting certain things. I'm breaking down certain things. I just got lost and watched the episode. That is what made it. And this is what I kind of want this five out of five to be better than the other five out of fives that I've given before because it upped the bar. A little bit for me just getting engaged. Or maybe that's me knowing the characters now, knowing more of the story so I can do that. Mm. Either way, it's getting five out of five because it was it was good. Great, great. Uh, you know, it, this is another one of those classic that people talk about. If if it's not talking about the Tribbles and it's not talking about Sula with the sword, um, Spock's goatee is way up there. Pretty in, iconic. Iconic. Iconic references. So, so you know, that's that moment when they transport in and you see the the Enterprise kind of flip around, um, mm -hmm. which I love the new updated effect. Um, the old effect was, you know, looked like it was made in the 60s. Uh, but uh, the new effect kind of, you get that, that feeling that something has definitely happened. And, and then, then the first thing you see is Spock's beard and you're like, what's going on? And then you see Uhura. And what's going on? Right? <laughs> she looks fantastic. Go, girl. Right? Uh, oh, my God. She looks amazing. We said yes. this. They definitely have much more flashier. The evil side gets way better looking <laughs> outfits. Let's be and honest. And still, I think, pretty stylish. Now, you tell me, because you're the style fan, not me. That's true. Is, is it still, I mean, it's sexy, but is it still appropriate? It's revealing but but it's more flattering for the cut. I don't know what it is, if it's the material or something. Their jumpsuit just does not... There's like two people in the entire world who can get away with that look. 
men or women. I really don't think it's flattering on anyone. And the material is just like any bulge, any wrinkle is just going to stand out. And that these ones had the the band. Okay, it was gold. Eh. Uh, so it could have been, it could have been toned down a little bit, but it's a sci-fi show. You get gold. It, it flatters their bodies more. I really do think this. Uh, I don't think Uhura necessarily had to be the one going around in the half shirt, uh, but she pulls it off quite well. Let's be honest. Well, as far as I'm concerned, if somebody had to, I was okay with it being her. Because <laughs> there have been times that the captain has run around in a little like sparkly bandeau or whatever they're called, um, and that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and you get you get some midriff action from from Kirk in this episode. I mean, I still I'm a I'm oh, a, yeah? <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Does he take off his shirt in this one? I don't. It's happened so many times. Oh, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Yeah, at, so, at some point it begins. I think Sulu would have looked a... just as good half shirted. To be honest, he's a swashbuckling. Look right, at with the scar. The evils with the scar. Is there any? Trivia behind the scar. Has somebody written fan stuff? Like that has to have a story, right? Sure. Well, there's there's definitely there's definitely some non-canon mm. um uh stuff out there. There there were a whole series of books. Like I I don't know, there's gotta be over three hundred of them yeah. by now. Sure. Um and I I read a bunch when they first started making them. I don't even know how many. But uh, th- I know that in those books, they talk a little bit about about uh, his scar and where that might have come from. But honestly... Not really. I, I No, I, I tried looking it up quickly and I couldn't find anything on that's it. That's fair. But that's part of the fun, I think, of, of this episode is all of the backstory that seems to be there about these characters that we've been getting to know. Mm, details. Like, like little details. Yeah. Um, he should be the one with the scar on his face because he's probably the one that's gotten into a knife or a sword fight. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And he was pretty aggressive with Uhura, don't you think? Very, but very not, rapey. But, but not the first time that he's shown interest in Uhura. No. Not at all. So they follow the same. I mean, Spock is Spock. Mm-hmm. Kirk is Kirk. They're just... This is a very interesting... I was going to wait till later, but this brings the whole nature versus nurture thing into into play because if you mm-hmm. have these same characters who tended to go to this it's not a completely different universe obviously this is one that's so close to our own that the biggest difference is that they grew up in a empire instead of a federation so all of the morals of that are different and it's kind of if you put this personality into a treacherous situation Chekhov is going to become treacherous pretty mm-hmm. blatantly evil like well, not pretty, but very blatantly evil. Well, sure. Excellent acting, but it was very basic switch, which was completely different from Spock, who was not a whole flip the script. He was kind of the same exact character with a beard. It, it was almost like seeing our Spock, but over there. like, like right. You, like you could really picture Spock growing up in that world and becoming... Mm-hmm. Exactly that. And maybe making mm-hmm. the beard happen because, you know, I, I mean, e- evil. Because evil. evil because evil. And, and there it was right there. And, and you know, that's the trope, right? Mm-hmm. But that's the trope because Spock. I don't know. How many shows do we, do we see use the 
the beard. I've seen sitcoms. I've seen animated shows. The Simpsons showed it. I remember Spin right. City doing a thing about it. Um, Every sci-fi show ever. We all talk about how you can tell, you know, there's always a joke about how you can tell the evil guy because he's got the goatee. Right. Well, it's all from this episode. I know later on in the episode, uh, they talk about, oh, it gives him more character. And I couldn't make up my mind about whether or not I liked it. Okay. I'm still on, I'm still on the fence about it. Oh, oh, you're, you're talking about from an attractiveness standpoint? Oh, well, just, yeah, both aesthetically, but does it bring more character to him? Does it make him look more evil? I- it's it's interesting because it 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 reminds me. I I really think that in a way he's sort of the same character, but dealing with different mm-hmm. circumstance. And how would how would how would this Spock make those choices over there? What choices would he make right. to advance whatever agenda he might be up to over there? Right. Which which will be a little bit different. Um, Not really. It was kind of the same. Both Spocks and even in previous yes. episodes. We're like, I don't want yes, to be the captain. they want to pursue science. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, both Spock's very, uh, I mean, he had, he had the entire line, I'm not threatening. Even in this threatening environment, I'm not threatening. I'm stating facts. Yeah. And he's very genuine about, about not wanting to be in command, not wanting that, that for, for, for all those reasons. Mm-hmm. But he's also loyal to his, his code. He said, I am an officer in the Empire. And so I, if they tell me to do something, I will do it. And, and mm-hmm. um, he absolutely would have killed Kirk if he felt that, you know, except that the circumstances were a little unique. Right. The, and the funny that he has respect for evil Kirk and good Kirk. Yeah. I, I think he almost has – I have more respect for good Kirk, of course, for prime Kirk or whatever you want to call him uh, because he's my hero. The, the lunatic in sure. the brig back on real Enterprise – He's just he's just gonna blow things up and take the gold and blow things up and take the gold. That's that's basic. That's not Kirk. That part of the show felt a little a little simple to me. It was like okay, we just have to show this, and we really only saw the one. Is that it? We just saw the one scene of them over on the other on the real ship. Um, yeah, at the very beginning, that was it. And then there was a, a TV kind of pop up where they're talking to the Hawkins. Hulkins on the evil ship he's like i'm gonna give you 12 hours obviously to give himself some time to get back but that's the only times you see the what are they called the hulkins yeah the uh the 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 thing that kirk has to overcome it's so funny because i see these story elements now and yes the hulkins and they were great the hulkin leader uh with the purple dot Mm, with the purple dot we never see him again um he was just there to be to be the victim sure Basically, that Kirk needed to try and save while he was working out what to do. It wasn't that huge a story. No, that wasn't. Well, it wasn't the point. It was. A yeah, point. it just it just added to the tension of if you, if if you don't kill the Hulkins, Spock's going to kill you, and then there's really no point in you trying to get back anymore. So you better do this quick. Right. It was. Yeah, it wasn't a very complex. This wasn't like a super complex, not like, not like Journey to Babel that had uh, a lot of stuff going on. A little like Trouble with Tribbles it still had more going on, but this was a super, which maybe why it shined so much. I, I want to backpedal on something actually. I, I, cause I said it was just 
the reason, but it was also a big part of Kirk's plea to Spock to make a difference mm, at the end of the episode. We're, you know, right. we'll talk about that more, but, but, um, Kirk's plea was all about the illogic of doing it the way they've always done it. Right. And it wasn't about save the Hulkins because you need to be a good person. It was what you're doing is illogical. That is the way he would appeal to Spock in any world. Exactly. And that backstory yep. needed to be there. That was a, yeah, that, that was a beautiful touch. I thought at the end that he's, he's good Kirk. So he's going to take the time, even if it's, doesn't need to be taken and make this universe that he's never going to return to, or I don't know. I'm. Do they do it later on? Sure, Star Trek. It's a sci-fi show, guaranteed. There's another one. Another show in the mirror universe, yeah. As it will become known for now and all time, the mirror universe. Uh, Can yeah. we call it the Moo? No. <laughs> <laughs> No. No, we cannot call it the moo. You can call it the moo, but I'm not going to call it the moo. Oh, my goodness. Um, Anyway, that relationship was really interesting because it was still – I think that Kirk and Spock are soulmates. And I think that this makes a very interesting thing for all of the people who think soulmates are male, females who get married. I don't think that's true. I think friends are definitely can be your soulmate in life. And whoever you're in a relationship or whatever happens – those two are soulmates, even in parallel universes. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool, actually. Oh, I, I love that. I love I love that description of them. And I don't know if I've ever actually heard anyone call them soulmates before, but it so fits. Um, it does, it? As I think about this episode and how they how they dealt with each other, like you said, even on the other side of uh, of dimensions, you know, I mean, they have mm-hmm. a di- their dimension apart, and they still they still figure out how to work together. Did you hear at the end, Kirk calls them my Spocks? Yes. <laughs> and that's, I think that's when the gears started turning in my brain. I was like, oh my God, these guys are soulmates. Like mm. they just, they're going to fit. They're going to talk to each other. They're going to joke. They're going to laugh. They're going to later on when they're, they're palling back and forth and kind of throwing insults. Mm-hmm. Spock had the better insult. Let's be honest. Spock had the better insult. You're talking about at the end? Yeah. When McCoy... McCoy's like any change would be would be beneficial or something like that. Oh, oh, right. When they're talking about the bear, yes, the banter at the end. Absolutely. Let me tell you about your human counterparts. <laughs> right. Well, and that's there's some more of that Spock McCoy McCoy back yeah, and forth brotherly that we, that we talked typing. about that brotherly chiding of each other and yeah, I'm not sure, but I think we've been insulted. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Getting back to the moo. Getting back to the mirror universe. Mm-hmm. The, the, mm-hmm. Mm. You're going to tease me with that forever. We're going to see some more of that. In fact, we're going to see some more of that in at least two more series. Okay. That's sci-fi. The second you say, there are parallel universes, there are multiple timelines, there are dimensions that you get through when you touch an object, the second you do that... It opens up the giant floodgates for writers to kind of go nuts with. And sometimes it's great and sometimes it's really bad. But most of the time it's great because it's sci-fi. So, 
as long as they're as long as they're true to it and give a plausible explanation as to you know what's going on. Oh, I was going to ask you how much do we believe that Kirk was just like immediately? Oh, we're in another universe, and I mean, I was willing to go with it. I was like, okay, Kirk says we're in another universe, so sure. I, I, I loved how much exposition we got out just in inferring. Yeah, and then and then talking to the computer. Oh, God, that was so clunky. And the only reason I say that is because we've got Alexa, we've got Google, we've got Siri, we've got all of this stuff that we talk to computers all the time, and it's not, thank you for talking to me. What would you like to input? Sure. And, and when, when Kirk, said, Kirk says, the, you know, we need to figure out how to get back, they'll use the computer, meaning the counterparts. We have to, too. Right. And as soon as I heard that, I thought to myself, does Jessica realize that there was not a computer in every home back when this came out? That computers only existed in universities and the largest companies in the world. And that's it. No. (laughs) People couldn't just use the computer. Right. Wow. so when he says they'll use the computer, you're talking to a bunch of people that really aren't even 100% sure they know what a computer is. Right. Yet. This is like an introduction to technology for the common person watching a TV show at night. Wow. And beyond that, there was no such thing as voice recognition. Right. You couldn't talk to a computer at all. All you could do, if you were lucky, was type and before that, punch holes into a a card or a piece of paper tape. And that's how you talk to a computer back in the 60s. That makes no sense to me. How punching holes in a card makes anything run is beyond me. Like, I don't understand how that works at all. Um, But that's way... Would you like me to explain it to you? Because I actually used to work with them. Oh, God. What happens if you, like, punch the card wrong? Then you throw the card away and you make a new card. Oh, God. But you're, like, the programs that you had to have been able, because you're essentially putting one or zero, right? That's the punch of the card. Sort of. It was an ASCII ASCII text um, card. So you would actually be able to punch, like, if you you hit an A, it would punch three or four different spots for an A. Itself would just be a bunch of holes. That right. spelled out that part of that line of the program right. or that uh, component on to um, magnetic tape. So we had these big, giant, reel-to-reel readers that were – they were six-feet-tall cabinets, and you'd mount these tapes on. And look. One card could hold like – One line. What, one, one line. line? Like, like one little – One line. One line of a program. Okay. And so a program was a deck of cards, and decks could be – Huge stacks. Uh, you want to make a tic-tac-toe program, you probably got, you know, a foot and a half tall stack of cards. Wow, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it worth it? You told me. It well, got okay, us somewhere. So now, <laughs> so now you're walking around with a, with a computer in your pocket. Right. I don't understand. That will, ta- that will take pictures, send them to anyone. You can talk to people via 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 voice, via text, via video. Sure. Real you can, time. You can look up anything you want the to look up. knowledge of humanity. And, and none of what you have sitting in that little device there would have been possible if people didn't start with those stupid computer cards. So was it worth it? I, that depends on if you think that cell phones have ruined our lives or not. 
deeper conversation. That is a good <laughs> answer the question that way. The the tricorder that they walk around with, even the the communicator, that's all that that was all made up back then. That was brand new. No one had ever no one was living with any of that stuff. I got to remind you about that every now and then, don't I? You do. You do because I I I do. I very much live in a world where I'm like Alexa, play this radio station. Right. And then she does. Alexa, what's the weather like? And then she tells me. Siri, where's the best place to bury a body? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know what happens when you ask that question. Let's talk about uh, the captain's woman, who it's really horrible that I can't remember her name. Uh, Mar- Moreau. Marlena Moreau. It was Moreau. Cool. Yes. She wears like this blue, swirly, psychedelic, see-through thing. Yeah. Poncho thing. Yeah. Uh, super cute. Yeah, very cute. Very cute. Um, what did you think of that little relationship? And uh, Yeah, I saw the beehive at the end there. Yeah. Did you see the beehive? Um, what did you think about that relationship? Captain's got a woman over in the other universe. I didn't like it at first because at first I thought she was a throw-in character because evil Kirk wants to sleep around, right? That's how it feels. Uh-huh. However, as time goes on, she's not. She's... A part of the intrigue, she has uh, plans of her own, and if in mm-hmm. that universe she has to use the men to get there, does that make her whorish? I don't know. That's all contextual, right? But her as a personality, in the end, she's like, take me with you. Because I know, she can tell, in that universe with this Kirk, something's going to be different, something's going to be better. She wants to do that. And I liked that, and then I liked that... She was in blue in the mm-hmm. good universe in the end. Mm-hmm. So that means not a yeoman. Well, no. Blue blue means sciences. No? Blue means sciences. Sciences. And she was- so she came in with a clipboard. She had to have been, I assume, and then McCoy was like right there with her. So I was like, oh, she's probably part of his crew, staff, yeah. something. It's a big ship. She's clearly in charge of something. Well, yeah. Well, she was, you know, I mean, she talked about in the mirror universe, she talked about that, you know, there was a lab cleanup after the storm. So she's involved in some sort of lab work. So she's in the sciences somewhere. Um, And then she just got assigned. So we really don't get to know much about her. Right. Does she pop up ever again? No. Oh. Not that I can remember. If if she does, they don't mention her. And yeah. Yeah. it's another one of those where I think I think they were smart not to create a major love interest for Kirk. Yes. Because if he has if he has someone that's steady on the ship that he's making eyes at in any way, he can't do what he does for the aliens. <laughs> I mean, I don't know another way to put it. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, but but honestly, if he had a girl back uh. on the Enterprise and then he's kissing Mira Marlena. How could he possibly be monogamous when he's got so many alien well, ladies to choose from? No, no, no. It's that not is what, what I you said. said. But, but in order for him, <laughs> in order for that story to get told the way that it got told, he needs to be right, right, single over there. Single. He can't, or he's cheating on the girl back in, and Captain Kirk can't cheat. So that's what I'm saying. So either you get Captain Kirk with a girlfriend. Or you get Captain Kirk 
right. that can go out and do what needs to be done, what he wants to do. And occasionally... I think what you mean is be charming without yes. being cheaty. Yes. There are, there are, there are, there are right. many stories. That's probably the right, best yeah, way you. you're going to get out thank of this you. one. So I'm, I should just I'm throwing it. you a yeah. lifeline okay. here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, I think you're right. He's very... He he's not a character that works with a relationship. He's he's not. There are many episodes where him being single is important. Did I get what did I predict? Oh yeah, I predicted an alternate you universe. You did. Okay, okay so you did. predicted an alternate universe. Did you predict anything like 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 we didn't really get into the what about it? Did we? Right. Maybe I should be more detailed. Like if I'm sure, because I've seen sci-fi, I was pretty sure for this one. Yeah, I should have I should have held you down on that one because it's like mirror, mirror. Okay, you're a sci-fi fan. That's the gimme part of this prediction. Right. I should have made you like – did you predict the idea of an evil universe? Oh, yeah. No. Did okay. I? No, I think I just said we're going to have to go back. The fans can let us know whether or not – yeah. How close did she come, folks? Because, right. oh my gosh, I got to move on with the edit. <laughs> right. So I know we mentioned the science in this before, but because he talks to the computer and all of that, but this is very much one of those episodes, and I'm not even calling out Star Trek, I'm calling out all of sci-fi. It's the reverse the polarity thing. Mm -hmm. Ion storm plus transporter equals universe switching. Why? Because science. Why? Because science. Well, yes. Science. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, otherwise it's just a whole bunch of, you know, boring sailing through stars and that's it. That's true. Um, Although you got to think how many ion storms have happened throughout the universe where a ship with another parallel with the moo has been another ship. Obviously, they're going to be in close contact because they're very, very similar. You would have universes popping up and sharing things all over the place. <laughs> when we get to the next generation, if you if we put a pin in that, uh, I'll I'll remind you of a couple of episodes where there's one episode where one character basically moves from universe to universe to universe, like through the whole thing. It's really kind of fun oh, all to right. see him go from one to the, and with the tiniest little changes, you know, like it starts with his furniture gets a little rearranged. So yeah, um, the, the alternate universe concept, mm -hmm. which, and I don't think Star Trek was the first because, you know, Twilight Zone was, was happening back then mm -hmm. and and there was other science fiction but i mean i have to give credit where credit's due star trek wasn't the start of science fiction no they just, they just really sophisticated a lot of ideas about science fiction well they put it into visual form and served it up to a common who wasn't reading asimov which by the way if you're a sci-fi fan you're reading yeah and especially back then and what were we talking about? Parallel universes. Parallel universes. The science behind yeah. them. So, so, yeah. So, so, um, regardless of of what theory you agree with, you know, are there so many that are almost perfectly identical? Does something happen? Some people say time travel creates an alternate reality from right. the moment that somebody lands wherever they land. Right. That's a brand new split into a new universe right there. So maybe that's like how it all got who knows. Right. They don't they don't spend the episode isn't about that. Which is nice 
because I don't want to sit there listening to exposition of scientists of the time coming up with ideas about what maybe that's not the point. The point is they need to kick butt Spock's butt because he's got a goatee and he's evil and it's going to take four of them to get off there. Right. Well, and as it turns out, it's going to take five of them because Spock ends up helping them in the end. Yeah. Which is really cool that, that he, he comes in and yeah. And thank God for Moreau too, because Sulu would have won. Because he was a pretty bad A. Yes. With the, I mean, he Can was I, so decisive and it was, I, I liked evil Sulu, except for the rapey part. I really liked evil Sulu. Yeah. 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 It was, I hate having to put that caveat on there. Uh, well, and, but, but that's evil. That's but it's evil. And that's we exactly. We had to know that yes. he was like, like the scar and the scar with, with, I, I, and I wish I knew where that scar came from. Um, you just know there's like some bad story. Something happened. Th- that's one of those, you, you should see the other guy stories. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You just, cause you just know that Sulu took care of whatever, whatever happened to him, he took care of that. Uh, but, um, uh, I'm going to point something out about that Sulu fight at the end. First of all, Kirk kicked Sulu's ass in about two seconds. Right? Not without all of the others disappearing first. Right. But what color shirts were those guys wearing? Red. Every one of them. Well, he's the red in that universe was the, he's head of security. Oh, that makes it worse. (laughs) And then I wanted to know, are they killing them when they disappear them? Because with the multiple mirror universe going on, they could just be dropping them somewhere. Who knows what that technology was all about? That was really interesting technology. Didn't talk about it at all. It it really was. And they they just briefly mentioned that it was technology that that, that Kirk basically stole from some unknown scientist. No – no right. backstory on it. Again, it's one of those one of those mirror universe things that you know that they wrote a whole backstory about it and then never told us because it's just too interesting. That probably wasn't the reason, <laughs> but we'll go with it. <laughs> well, that's what I, that's what I'm going with. As a writer, as a writer, there's times where it's like I know there's more going on than my audience will ever know. Right. This so. is when somebody writes all of the uh, – you see this character for one thing and you're like, wow, that's amazing. And then you never come back to it and it's just like, what, what about that? We never find out what happens to the other captain, the evil captain, the evil in, – in today's sci-fi, I know that they would have it be very symmetrical. They would get – they would have some way of communicating with the other universe and they would get them all on board at the same time and reverse the polarity, right? But we don't. We have the guys returning and... And we don't see what happens immediately when Kirk gets back in canon. But we will see the effects of what happened as a result of that conversation between Kirk and, and Goatee Spock. 80 years later. Okay. When we see when we see Mirror Universe episodes in Deep Space 9, we'll examine the effects of what that speech did. Sure, to the empire. Which by the way, is that just the go-to evil? Did Star Wars rip that off? Like or is just the empire is ominous enough and it's just the go-to evil? Well, you know, evil empire it just sort of rolls off the tongue. Oh, speaking of evil, was that a Heil Hitler reference or not? Because they salute a lot in this episode. 
Yeah, you know, and and when I first saw it, it it's got that kind of Roman centurion. Oh, okay, so not what look I got. to it. <laughs> so, but when but but I could also, I mean, you know, Roman centurion. Um, the the it's not quite the the Hitler reference. Um, it's not quite the Nazi right, thing. Right, it's lower, but, it but it's is got that, that vibe. It's certainly that aggressive. We're coming at you with with a fist headed toward you. Salute, and it's it's so they definitely wanted something that looked that 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 matched the evil side. Um. So I don't know whether it was a direct reference to Hitler or Rome or somewhere else, but wow. More backstory about the <laughs> – this this whole episode seems to have like like all kinds of interesting how, – how can we make it different and make us curious about right. it? Right. There was a richness to this one that you get when – that I haven't seen in other ones. That's what it- I, I actually love that you're asking these kinds of questions about it uh, because it shows how how good the writing was. Yes. Yeah. I, I think you're very right because I'm not pissed off about something being not right. I'm not hung up on anything. I was just I was just watching it and enjoying. I want to take you back in time to just before Trouble with Tribbles. OK. So just before we watch Trouble with Tribbles. So. I I was watching what I thought was going to be the next episode, Mirror Mirror, mm-hmm. when I saw the Chekhov scene, mm-hmm. and there he is about to assassinate Captain Kirk in the Mirror Universe, and I said, I can't introduce you to Chekhov this way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that didn't work out because you can't see him like that, you know, ready to like kill Captain Kirk. I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. I kind of liked it in the same way I liked Sulu, where like I didn't necessarily like the evil, but it sure acted. Yeah, but you know Sulu's a good guy. You didn't know right. who Chekhov was back right. before Trouble with Tribbles, and if like you that. meet him, like beating right. up Captain Kirk and and then getting punished. Oh, that agony chamber and the what was it? The, the Avagrationator or oh the the agonizer the agonizer agonizer yeah. That brought up a whole thing for me of like military stuff that we don't see in the Federation for torture. There is never. So I've complained a lot about security. On the flip side, I will say some of that comes from the fact that if you trust people, you don't have to live in a world where the agony chamber exists. And that's a plus. That is a plus. I think it's a plus. I don't know about other people. That is a huge plus. But but it, you know, I mean, you can see the discipline there. You can I mean, the agony chamber and they talk about full duration. Uh, yeah, never mentioning how long that is. Well, and you just got to think maybe that means until he's dead. I don't know. We don't. Um, you know, cuz Yeah. What what else would you do with someone that just tried to kill you? This is why sci-fi is fun. This is when writers get to have the most fun is when they're like, we can do anything and it's okay. It's a mirror universe. We can have a Hura being pretty naughty and then smacking him down. Well, okay. So she, she has two awesome shining moments that I just, I mean, she has, she shines through the whole episode. She really does. And, and I've been thinking, I've been waiting for this episode <laughs> for weeks now because it's like, oh God, get to mirror, mirror, get to mirror, mirror. Cause she's a total badass. 
in this. She, she needs more on-screen time. I know I can't do anything because it's kind of set. This was filmed a long time ago. But, man, they just, they did not play her enough. She's great. I... I agree. And and what she does, you know, first the stuff that she does with Sulu mm-hmm. and backing him down and pulling that knife on mm-hmm. him, that was... She kind of... And nobody else steps in either. It's not like anybody grabs her and is on his side. Nope. Uh, the entire... Nope. She doesn't need it. Deck. What is that called? Area? The bridge. The, the entire the bridge. bridge just is like, okay, do you, girl? <laughs> it was, yeah. It was fun to see her well, with the knife and the... the, the yeah. Yeah, and, and as soon as she leaves, those those security guards at the at the door, like they're like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you ain't, you're not gonna, right? You're not going I after. I her wouldn't now. if I were you. Yeah, just like, nope, don't you dare. Um, uh, and then and then when she um takes a phaser out of uh, Marlena Moreau's hands, out of Moreau's yeah. hands, um, that's a nice move, you know. Yeah, I like that. That didn't turn into a big oh chick fight moment. That because that wasn't the point. It was yeah. just we need control, and she got it. Yep. Yep. So that's uh that that's a fun and even even you know some of the stuff with uh uh the fight in in sick bay. Mm-hmm. Um everybody participating. She's, yeah, she's just as in it as all the others, which okay, I have to say this fight I've complained about fights in the past. Yep. They do look a little silly to mm-hmm. me. I'm too used to super fancy choreographed nonsense. I know this. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot, Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this one was a good one. I, I enjoyed it. It's, it still seems a little silly, but it was really, really well done. There's a lot of times when it was really obvious that you could tell that wasn't, uh, Leonard Nimoy. That was the action Mm. stunt guy. There's a lot of that in there. Yeah. And there's a couple of spots where, you know, an elbow very clearly brushes by a guy's head instead of hitting him in the head. Right. But, but as long as you have the sound effect and the guy falling back, does it really matter? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. So aside from production-wise, it was actually a good fight, I thought. Do we want to talk about the mind meld? Yes. The mind meld, this particular mind meld is more in line with how he does it normally. And this is the way that is not as hurtful. He's physically connected he's got his hands mm-hmm. on someone's face um usually it's with the other person's permission oh okay evil spock is Does kind of doing like a little bit of a you know a mind mm-hmm, you know force oh you don't want to use he's, the word mind rape well isn't that funny i didn't want to use the it was like he's being a little rapey himself so um, he is just as invasive and, and and so as it's turning out, I'm realizing that maybe you should have seen an episode where you got to see a regular one um, where the person is agreeing to it. They, that happens often. Um, maybe I'll make that a couple of – I'm going to recommend one. Okay. So Just the recommendation, recommendations based on mind melding. Based on mind melding. Stock. I'm going to recommend a couple. And these will give you a little bit of an idea of what the mind meld can do. This is a, a really fun one. Um, yeah, I'm just going to recommend it without any without any caveats. It, it looks it's it's stylistically a little bit different, but it's fun. It's called Spectre of the Gun. So, and I'll even tell you, they go back to kind of Tombstone, Arizona, and meet Wyatt Earp, sort of. Okay. So, um, 
Time travel, then. Before I ever saw Kurt Russell do Tombstone, I learned about Wyatt Earp the wrong way by watching Star Trek. All right. <laughs> but there's a great mind meld sequence in, in this episode that will give you a little bit about the power of what mind melds can okay. do. Um, yeah, there you go. But in this one, it was invasive and it was designed around, you know something I need to know and you're going to let me know what it is. And it worked. Right. I thought, well, it worked in the story. I thought of all the places, everything was really, really good. This was the one where I was just like, that was clunky. I thought the, maybe it was the acting, maybe it was the direction, who knows. Uh, But the having to speak while he's mind melding, it should be very obvious. Like, I'm doing this to the side of your head, or I know some other sci-fi shows, they connect foreheads, or they, you know, you you just touch in some magical way or whatever. It's an obvious symbol of this. I think having his hand, he he never had to say the words, I am now mind melding with you. I can feel your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Well, and the dialogue that he used in this was a little bit... I'm I'm realizing you haven't seen a regular mind meld yet, right. so you haven't gotten you don't have the background to know that that was kind of a it, it, it looked like an attack compared to what we've seen before. Even the okay. dialogue is different. More, more Spock normally says something like "my mind to your mind, my thoughts to your thoughts." So it's more of a we're doing this together. Compared so that is to, kind of a ritual. Him saying this is what's happening. Yes. And oh, yeah. Time, he says it every. He happening. says something every time, almost every time. Yes. All right. Yeah. I still think it, it's kind of clunky. It might be. It might be. There have been things that you found clunky, but it's yeah. still a five out of five, so I'm good with it. Yeah, and that was literally the only p- super picky thing I had about it. Cool. You've seen the Kirk speech where right. Kirk is talking and talking and talking, and then he talks some more and he talks some more, but you always feel better when he's done. This was this was what I like to call word jujitsu. This is Kirk logicking an argument against okay. a more logical source. Usually he does it to a computer or an AI of some sort, but in this case he did it, he did it with Spock. Okay. You know, the logic of waste and be the captain of this enterprise. But it's interactive. Right. Spock is saying someone also has to have the power. I thought that was a fantastic moment. Probably the best. Well, there's a lot of good moments in this episode. One of the best, definitely top three best moments in the episode. And part of it was because it was interactive. It wasn't a beat you over the head Mm -hmm. with a moral kind of thing. But it was the evil is going to destroy itself. Yes, Captain, it will. Why don't you counteract the evil with some good? Because good is going to win out anyway. You are correct. I will give that some thought. Or that's how the conversation went to my mind. Not that obviously they did it way, way better, but that was the logic of that. Um, And uh, I thought it was not incredibly subtle, but it wasn't a beat you over the head with it. And I I liked it a lot. I liked that he was logicking to Spock. Mm -hmm. Because... It's Spock. And and like you said earlier in this episode, how else are you going to reason with Spock? How else are you going to appeal to his his sense of right and wrong, good and bad, whatever it is, right? How are you going to get there? Of course you're going to use logic. Right. He's not going to respond to, but doesn't that make you feel better? You could have easily made this a movie, especially if you were given a little bit more time to the other side. And it felt rich. It felt thick. You know, it, it, yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, this was a good one. This is a deeper, this is a deeper five star. 
five goatee. I love it. I love it. Well, we've had th- we've had three I, five yeah. stars. I, I'm just I'm keeping track. In a not row? in a row. No, 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 not in a row. Uh, we've had oh, three. Okay. Well, I know this one. Trouble with Tribbles and uh, Errand of Mercy. Errand of Mercy. Errand of Mercy. Which is still, yeah, yeah. I see you looking at it. It's like, ooh, but that was a good one too. Yeah. I'm starting. I'm starting to feel a lot of love for Star Trek. I knew you were going to fit me in. <laughs> that was the plan from day one. I told you I was going to do this. I told you that it's once true. you got going with mm-hmm. this, you wouldn't want to stop. And and we haven't even. I mean, we're still in the original series, right? You know, and you're already. Getting I'm there. I'm like, this is good. This, this, th- what you're starting to feel is what those fans in the 60s felt. And I want you to get that what we've watched now um, from all three seasons. But it, mm-hmm. but it was after the second season that there were rumors that they were going to get canceled. They just weren't getting the support. And there was a groundswell mm-hmm. um, of letters. No email. Handwritten. Handwritten letters that or went, typed. That went in. Yep, typed, handwritten, maybe some crayons. I don't know. Uh, that kept it <laughs> on for a third so. season, and and then after that third season, that was it. But did they have more stories to tell, or does the third season kind of feel like, all right, we're kind of good, we're done? Well, well, they they still have tons of stories to tell, and then they'll come up with a whole bunch more in the next few years, and. We'll start the next generation. You know how that goes. Um, yeah. But let me let me make a couple of recommendations off of uh, off of Mirror Mirror that I wanted to. Okay. So if you liked this, not necessarily about the mind melding because you gave that one, but recommended just because if you like this one, you'll like. Yeah. Exactly. And and what I wanted to do because I really like the the word jujitsu that Kirk does with Spock. I thought I would mention a couple of my favorite word jujitsu moments from other episodes of Star Trek. And uh, right. the first one is called Return of the Archons. And in Return of the Archons, Kirk will um, meet a society that I'm not even going to tell you. Kirk will. So just go watch Return, Return of the, the Archons. Ar- yeah. Archons. I'm not even going to tell you what all these stories are, what that story is about. Uh, just enjoy it. It's, it's a fun, interesting episode and great Kirk ninjutsu, word ninjutsu at the end. Uh, the other one is, uh, an episode called The Ultimate Computer. The Ultimate Computer. That was for you, Ken Ray. <laughs> that was for you. Um, The Ultimate Computer is another great, um, word jujitsu moment uh and you know with a name like the ultimate computer you can guess who he's talking to he might be talking to the ultimate computer we'll find out yes it's is it possibly an android of some robotic it sort? could be some sort of computer mm. kind of thing some sort mm. of computer thing and that one actually has some some backstory about um about the enterprise computer system oh cool taught to you by a bunch of people that really didn't know a lot about computers because we didn't all have them in our pockets back then. Well, so I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't. All right. Okay, cool. And next week, what oh. are we watching? You seem very, very excited about this. So I am very excited about this. Tell me you love me, Jessica. 
I love you, Andy. What am I going to be watching? I'm giving you a gift this week. I am giving you a gift of an episode called City on the Edge of Forever. Okay. Okay? Okay. City on the Edge of Forever is the 28th episode in the first season. Is that right? 28? Are we going all the way back to the first season? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yes. All right. This one was... I'm surprised you didn't put this in earlier. This is the first one on the list. Whoa, wait, what? This is the first episode on my list. This is one of my all-time favorites. This is one of a lot of people's all-time favorites. And I can say that with confidence because I just I just know. I mean, there is something... Like, do you remember how confident you were when you introduced me to Firefly that I would love it? Yes. I think I said the words, you're going to love me because you're going to love this. Yeah. Jessica, Mm -hmm. you are going to love me because you are going to love City on the Edge of Forever. Yay. I love that feeling. Okay. Awesome. Oh, what the heck? Give me a prediction. Okay. City, the city on the edge of forever. All right. I'm getting a very uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy at the very end vibe. But I don't think that Star Trek will go that way. And now I'm just meandering so that I can come up with something that's vaguely cool, (laughs) and it won't be. City on the Edge of Forever is going to be about a meeting up with a civilization that is right on the cusp of, like, evolutionary change. And there's a city that's, like, right there. Like, they're going to become energy beings, or they're going to... I don't think that's real, but... Uh, not real. I don't think that's right, but they're, like, right on the cusp of it, and the Enterprise is going to get to either see it or be involved in some kind of way. Okay. And you're smiling at me like, how close was I? How close Maybe. was I? Not even That a sounds like a great story. I hope we get to watch that someday. So, not it. Not it at all. That's cool, though, because... Yeah. I, I, I almost wish that we could just... Turn this off. You go, go watch, watch it, it, and then we could record this tonight. But but no, let's take the week. Because let's take the week. Uh, and I am going to sit down at a planned time, as per usual, November nineteenth. November nineteenth at six p.m. Mountain Time. I'm going to be sitting down watching it. I I would be really encouraged if somebody sits down and kind of watches virtually with me. I'm going to be on Twitter at Begin the Trek. Ah. Uh, and then, of course, you'll hear all of my thoughts when we release the episode that Wednesday. That's awesome. Next Wednesday. And, and it's actually the city on the edge of forever. There's a the there. Oh, okay. There's, there's, a, there's the. a the there. And it is the 28th episode of the first season. So okay. We're, so we're going to be going back a little going bit. We're going all the way back to the, to the first season. Okay. You don't need to know any of that. You just need to know city on the edge of forever, and you're going to be tweeting it on November 19th. Yes. And then you're going to send me some sort of text just to say thank you, I love you, because... <laughs> Will do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Enjoy. You have a wonderful time watching the city, the city on the edge of forever. And I will have a wonderful time watching it, too, because I will. And all the others yeah. will also... Why does this watch? feel like a weird ending? All of a it sudden. is because we could have sh- shut it down. This just feels like clunky. Two minutes ago. Sh- should we just go like <laughs> goodbye, Jessica? <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Amy. Bye bye.
with the IBM mainframe series, the 4331, 4361, 4341 sure. uh, mainframes. And, and all of the data would be um, magnetized and put onto to tape. Okay. And then they'd have to be stored done with, with uh, sure. the reel-to-reel tapes. And then eventually, I started working with the uh, the digital systems minis. Okay. And it's funny that they called them mini computers because they were like six foot tall cabinets. So I would work on these PDP-1170, uh, PDP-1135 okay. mini computers uh, before moving on to the VAX, sure. uh, the VAX systems that I used to work. Right.